Okay, so uh, welcome to my first episode of my new podcast. And thank you so much for taking your time to be a part of this. Thank you for not making me do Instagram. <laughs> yeah, I know. I kind of hate Instagram myself, so I totally understand that. I, just... <laughs> I installed the app for the first time ever just like two days ago because that's what we were going to use to do this and then when you said that we won't use instagram i said oh good and then i deleted it <laughs> yeah that must have felt like really really good because yeah. i really also don't enjoy the app and i prefer listening to podcasts and audio and radio it kind of totally different vibe I, I i feel differently the information i receive in that manner it's like they have more depth and they kind of reach me further than photos yeah yeah i understand so, some people just only have time to flick through something for a, a minute or two yeah it's all about priorities i guess um my first question for you which came from one of my followers a girl who also follows and loves your work she asked you about some tip uh, what what would you suggest she does when uh, some uh, some of her identity changes in life are happening right now at the moment and she says she feels like someone pulled out a carpet underneath of her feet and she's looking for some tips or what would Derek do? <laughs> Did she give any more information than that? No, it was just that. It was on Instagram. Okay. It's funny. It's um, I think most people... I know, or most people I hear from have the opposite problem. I think that most people in life feel like they're in a rut, like nothing is changing, you know, and they feel stuck and they're bored and they don't know how to make any change. So I think it's like if, if you're having a big change in your life, then it can feel overwhelming, but you've got to kind of appreciate it, you know, <laughs> because you got to feel lucky that that's a good problem when you're, when your life is changing, that means you're changing and you're getting smarter. And uh, change usually, almost always, I think, changes good. Like anything changes, even if it seems bad at first. In the long run, you can usually look back and be glad that things changed. You know, I think the, the worst thing is when nothing changes. So, yeah. sorry, I don't know if that's really... Um, yeah, advice, I guess it's a it's a good yeah. it's a good tip. It it is helpful and it makes you look from things that are, from a different perspective. Yeah, I, I think it helps to also not need to feel loyal to who you were before. Like I I have this a lot where, um, say I was living in the wilderness in New Zealand. I was living in a forest. And then I moved to Europe and I thought that I would do the same because I had kind of defined myself as like, I'm a nature guy. I like solitude and silence and nature. And then after I got to Europe, I felt like, you know, I just really feel like being right in the middle of a noisy city right now. Mm -hmm. Like I've completely changed my mind. Like that was what I wanted then. This is what I want now. You know, and I've, um, that's just the most recent example that's on my mind today. But, you know, in the past, like all my friends knew me as a musician. And then I started a business and I stopped making music. And my friends were so upset. They're like, dude, this isn't who you are. You're a musician. You haven't even written a song in like two months. <laughs> and um, yeah, I think there are going to be many times in your life when your identity changes and you, you can't feel bad about it. You just got to 
go with it and actually feel glad that you're changing. Yeah, that reminds me of your post um, about keep earning your title or it expires. Ah, uh, yeah, that's... I really like that one. <laughs> Thank you. I guess we won't repeat it here. If, yeah. <laughs> if anybody wants to go look at it. <laughs> yeah, it I will provide the link. Um, another question which I also get a lot, uh, especially from women, is uh, about self-confidence. And I have like a lot of theories, one of which is that I always tell people, I feel that self-confidence comes when I make some little promises to myself and on the small scale and daily, the small stuff daily, I just keep them. And that's how my muscle of self-confidence grows. But I don't know, you you probably have so much better tip than me. <laughs> well, I don't know. The, it's funny, I was just talking with my best friend in Australia this morning about this subject because she's very confident about herself uh, intellectually and emotionally, but she does not think of herself as attractive. No matter what anybody tells her, men could be down on their knees, you know, praising her beauty and she just doesn't believe it. She's like, no, I, don't, no, I disagree. I don't see it. Nothing makes her feel beautiful, but she feels completely confident intellectually and emotionally. So we were kind of comparing notes about in what aspects in your life does your confidence come from within? Like you are, like you personally think that you are awesome in this way, you know? And in what aspects of your life do you need outside validation? Like you need compliments or other mm -hmm. people's opinions in order to feel confident about these things. And it's a really interesting thing to ask yourself because um, everybody has it differently. Yeah, some people mm -hmm. are completely confident physically and not confident intellectually like they need somebody to tell them that they're smart in order to feel smart but they definitely feel hot yeah. know, or vice versa so yes yeah, i think confident it's just in the kitchen like not yes me. yeah <laughs> um so i think it's a, a good thing to ask yourself i mean I, i've been i'm usually so um what do you call it like self uh like my my confidence and my motivation and everything comes internally. Like I don't depend on the outside mm -hmm. world for motivation or much. But I, I have noticed, especially in my conversation with my friend this morning, that that there are aspects in my life where I'm entirely dependent on people's compliments, <laughs> you know, because it's just <laughs> something that's outside of me. Like I don't, uh, I don't have an opinion on this thing about myself. I need other people to tell me if it's good or bad. So my opinion is just the collection of what I've heard. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I guess it's also good advice maybe if you're really confident in one area to kind of replicate what brought you there into some other, if yeah. it's applicable. <laughs> yeah, or even just ask yourself, which is this internal or external? And if it seems external, then... Yeah, but then I don't know what to do about that. It, oh, then you just <laughs> open an Instagram and take photos. <laughs> <laughs> go, go fishing for compliments, yeah. And get a ton of validation. <laughs> <laughs> no, that doesn't really work, I guess. Um, another question we had is um, uh, to tell us more about your method for seeing if your goals are shit or legit. And this, I mean uh, that what you mentioned in one interview, 
how you somehow test to see whether some goal is shit or legit and you give it time, like a good meal, you know, to prepare and then it shows you. Well, this was such a good lesson to learn is that a good goal is one that makes you jump into action today, like right now. And if a bad goal is one that makes you feel like, yeah, I should probably do that. And then you don't actually do anything about it. So I I don't want to sound new agey about this because I'm not, but there really is no such thing as the future, right? Like the future is what we call our imagination. Like if we're thinking about something that we might want to happen, we call that the future, you know, like in the future, I'll go into the kitchen, (laughs) right? That's just Mm -hmm. your imagination about. Someday. (laughs) Yeah. But the future doesn't really exist. Right. And same as the past, the past doesn't exist anymore. It's gone. So what we call the past are our memories and what we call the future is our imagination. And all we really have to work with is this moment right now. And so a good goal is not about the future because you can't do anything about the future. All you can do is your actions right now. And, and again, I'm sorry, I don't mean to sound like some silly new age guru dude by saying this, but it was, to me, this was a pretty profound idea so that if you look at your different goals that you've had and some of them seem like they're good goals, but if you haven't acted on it, then it's just not a good goal. You can get rid of it. You can say, never mind, I'm going to shut down this goal. <laughs> In fact, I think this might be like a future book or article of mine. It's this idea of yeah. letting go of goals. Maybe it's re- somebody else's goal that just landed in your brain, like in Big Magic yeah. book. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, you know, there's, um, I think, so much about the difference between in theory and in practice. So it's like, mm. in theory, that's a good goal. In practice, well, is it making you jump out of your chair and jump into action and and making you, is it improving your actions today? Well, if it is, then it's a good goal. But if it's not, then it's just not a good goal. It's not that you need more discipline or more willpower. You just need a different goal. Like you need a goal that makes you take action right now, today. Yeah, I agree with that a lot, especially when it comes to business and women who are starting their businesses that somehow nowadays it's a trend and everyone wants to have a business. But why would everyone, why should everyone have a business if it doesn't make you like your heart open and your brain explodes with ideas, then you just probably should chill out and uh, read books and do something else until that idea comes to you and then you really need to do it. Not want, but need. Yeah, you find the thing that makes you stay up late and get up early and take action. You find the thing that makes you stop procrastinating Yeah, and start <laughs> acting. And what, no matter what that is, even if it's something that you were not expecting, like, you know, sorry to rewind 20 years, but 20 years ago, I was a full-time musician. All I cared about in the whole world was music. And that is it, was making music. And then... I surprised myself when I started this little, just as a hobby, it was just a stupid little something I thought I would spend three days on, but it just became so interesting to me Mm -hmm. that I was like staying up late all night just to work on my website. And I was like, 
I'd get out of bed at six or seven in the morning excited and I'd run downstairs and immediately start working on the website again because it was just so fun. And it took me a couple of weeks to admit that I think this is a better goal than going and doing more gigs as a musician, which is, I had been a full-time musician for like 15 years. I was like, this is a lot more exciting to me now, but it was completely unexpected. So I never would have said that that was uh, a goal that I would have come up with mm. in theory. But yeah, that, that was the thing that was making me jump out of my chair every morning. So that was my goal for 10 years. For 10 years of my life, my single goal was to just run my website company business called CD Baby and just make it great. And that goal got me jumping out of bed every morning at 6 a.m. and kept me up every night until midnight for 10 years. It was a great goal until it was done. And then suddenly I didn't want to do it anymore. From goal to gone. <laughs> and yeah. then next, uh, off to the next one. And your website right now um, is really specific. Um, I like it because it's clean and minimal and I, li I like that kind, of, uh, that kind of a design in a website and in a house and everywhere because mm. I like minimalism. It makes me be like, feel better and more productive in yeah. a way. So how did you decide that that was going to be the type of website you create? Is that like just inspired by your view of things and life and the idea of like subtracting instead of adding? Because the website oh, yeah. is, has that feel as like, just like your words and your books, nothing is too much. <laughs> Thank you. Um, wait till you see the cover of my <laughs> books. I just chose the cover. Yay. I, I, I worked with... <laughs> A few different artists. God, I, yeah, I hired. I even paid a lot of money to. And then put all of them in one cover. <laughs> no, and then I, uh, and then I, in the end, I said, never mind. I threw them all away, and you did. I'm just, I'm just putting the text of the, the title and my name on the cover. That's it. No graphics. Just awesome. awesome. Book, book title, my name. That's it. Um, so yeah, it's uh, this is like in every aspect of my life, um, people who come visit my house step inside and, and the first time they visit, they say, like more than one person has said this, they come in and they say like, do you live here? <laughs> I say, yeah, I live here. You don't have any, there's no stuff. It looks like you haven't moved in yet. I say, thank you. Um, and so yeah, what a great compliment. So with my site, uh, I learned HTML programming like years and years ago at the beginning of the internet. You know, I, my first website was in 1994. Wow. So there were no tools. There was no WordPress. There was no Wix or anything like that. You just, you opened up a text document and you started from scratch and you wrote, you know, open bracket, HTML, close bracket, open bracket, head, open bracket, title. You put your title and then you close bracket, backwards slash title. So I still make websites like that. I make everything by hand. So of course I'm not going to include a single line of unnecessary code because I'm typing it all out by hand. So everything that's on my site, I put there by hand. There's no WordPress, no nothing. I typed mm. it all out. And so uh, I just always want to have the minimum necessary in everything in life. It just, it, it makes the site run faster. It makes my life simpler. It makes it easier to maintain. It, it just, it 
makes it uh, look better on a phone or any tablet or anything. It's just, it's just better. I'm such a fan of this. I even do it with my, the graphics. When I do need to use a graphic, I, I do everything I can to make it as like small and simple as possible. And just as the minimal number of bytes it can be. Yeah. That's, it's a, it's a passion of mine. Do you also do the same thing when it comes to like food and routines and things like that? Probably. Yeah. I just, I like, simplicity um i've noticed that a lot of people make their lives heavier and heavier and more complicated like even my my sister is like this like if you go to my sister's house it's just filled with stuff and she has three kids and two dogs and a house full of so much stuff and you know she can't move house like if she were to ever think about moving, it would just be overwhelming because she just has so much stuff. Whereas to me, because I don't have anything, I, I just can move every few months just for the fun of it, you know, because why not? Uh, and so I've just found that life is simpler when you have less stuff. And I, I've thought about this a lot that I think about energy. Like, I don't know if you do this, but when I'm tired, like if I'm feeling really low energy, I usually think, I need to get something to eat. Like I think that getting a little something to eat will give me energy. Yeah, I'm like eat or sleep. <laughs> right. I, well, I, <laughs> I don't sleep, so. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so like eat or eat. <laughs> eat or eat. Yeah. Um, but so, but if you do that too much, well, then yeah, it makes you fat, and it makes the problem even worse, right? So I think it's kind of the same with life. Like people are maybe a little bored with their life, so they think they want a little more fun or to add a little more energy to their life. So they think, well, what can I, what can I get? What can I add to my life? I want to get some new thing. Retail therapy, I'm going to go buy something. I'm going to get something to make my life more fun. But if you keep doing that, your life gets heavier and heavier and more complicated and more filled and you have so much stuff. And then kind of, you know, like somebody who's really overweight, it makes everything else in life harder when you've made your life so complicated. So I think that um, we can do with our life what we can't do with our body, which is that we can just drop all of our weight instantly, you know? Like think of how many people would love to just like lose 20K immediately, right? But you can do that with your life. Like you can just use your local... Uh, eBay or whatever it may be, the, the, whatever, there's always a way that you can get rid of oh, stuff. Oh, we you just get it, it to, uh, to the shelter houses here in Serbia exactly. and to some friends as well, because I always say maybe something that I consider like trash or I don't want this anymore, that someone else is like, wow, this is so cool. So Exactly. Somebody <laughs> always will wants change. it. Yeah, somebody yeah. always wants it. Yeah, I find that is so liberating. I'm also very passionate about moving around the world and uh, the freedom it gives me it's always one suitcase and it's carry on yeah it's always the same things i know how it looks like because it's only one brand so <laughs> but even with friends and things that aren't physical stuff yeah um it really helps to kind of so look at the relationship and to go in depth instead of width, and then you can yeah. actually f discover something new every time in the yeah. in the same thing yeah Sorry. So yeah, my, people are um, surprised how simple my life is. You know, they think that because I've 
sold a company and made lots of money or whatever that I probably have a big life. But no, my life is actually very wonderfully small. That's the best way. It's rich in uh, things that are like real, true wealth. I'm an abundance yeah, of rich soul. time. Yeah, <laughs> my yeah life is time. Very rich in time because yeah. I, I say no to everything and I have no stuff. And so I have lots of time. Yeah, that's the best. Uh, what brings you joy in this moment uh, in your life? Um, really just three things. My life is very simple right now. I spend all of my time doing one of three things, either writing, programming, or being with my kid. And that is it. That's my whole life. I'm just, I guess, sleeping. <laughs> I do sleep sometimes. So, you know, but th those are really the, anytime I'm awake, I'm doing one of those three things. I don't, um, I've just let go of all the other things I was doing and that was distracting me. And I'm just, I'm always either writing, programming, or being with my kid. It's like three types of different meditation with kid active meditation. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice. And what are you, uh, what are your preference, coffee or tea? This is also from a girl from Instagram. Tea, baby. Yeah, tea also. What, what is your favorite? <laughs> um, in fact, if you can find, I think it's maybe only mail order for most of us. But there is a, okay, wait, first I have to say, I'm a tea fanatic. <laughs> Me I, too, I, I didn't know you were as well. Yeah, cool. I, absolutely, I'm, I, I'm, I'm like a tea uh, connoisseur, aficionado. <laughs> I have tried it all, I, and I'm, I'm kind of a snob about tea. Um, I mean, I also just enjoy whatever, you know, a cheap black tea is fine, I love it all. But I'm saying all this because I have just recently found a tea company uh, originally started in Australia and they're called T2, meaning the, the letter T and the number two. Oh, I know. Oh, you know, know. T2. Oh, T2. They're, okay. good. they're good. So if you look them up, um, they have outlets around the world and I think you can order a mail in order. In London and everywhere. Yeah. Yes. So we have one here in Oxford, England. And walking by the shop, I was not impressed. The first time I saw it, I thought it was just some kind of corporate bullshit. Generic. You know? uh, yeah, like these people don't know tea. Look at this corporate bullshit. It looks too but, nice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I, I lived in Singapore for two and a half years, uh, right? So I saw that they, ha I just peeked my head in the shop and I saw that on the wall was a box of tea that called Singapore tea or Singapore breakfast tea or something mm -hmm. like that. And I said, mm, yeah, yeah, we'll see about that. And I, I opened up the box to smell it and I was just like, oh my God. Time they machine. <laughs> they captured the smell of Singapore. Oh my God, that's it amazing so i got this singapore tea and it's like black mixed with green mixed with coconut mixed with Ooh. toasted brown rice Ooh. mixed with what i was like oh my oh god my, yeah oh my god is right it it's is like again my cha meets coconut yes. <laughs> oh wow you do know your stuff yeah it's again my cha mixed with black mixed with coconut it's amazing and so i've since tried a few of their other teas uh their singapore tea is still my favorite but wow, uh, yeah, that is um... nice. I didn't know about. I I've never been there. I never didn't know about Singapore tea. I'm reading this book now. It's called Infused. It's by this tea lady. Uh, she also committed her life to tea, and she is talking about regions where is good for which tea and what are the combinations. Hmm. And do you do you like matcha tea? Yes, I haven't found. <laughs> the last time I had a great matcha tea was like 
1995. And I still remember it and I haven't had a great one since. So I would love to find, I like strong tea. A friend of mine is really into tea, but he does that like really weak tea thing where he kind of like puts some leaves in and and brews it for like one minute and pour And it's (laughs) almost clear. And that's Mm. the way he likes it. But no, I like it strong. I would love to find like a strong matcha. We'll send you one. There is one here in Serbia and there is also one uh, now I'm like talking about just email. Forget that, about everything else. <laughs> there is this one man who is uh, 70 years old and he dedicated his life to making matcha chavans. You know, the uh, I don't know how it's called in English. It's chavan in Serbian. Oh, the um, wow. uh, ceramic uh, thing that you drink tea, matcha tea from. Wow, I didn't know that. Okay. And it is so special. He makes each one by hand and I'll send you a photo. It is beautiful. Um, but yeah, uh, so, so definitely tea then. <laughs> cool, yeah. And what are your top three values in life? From tea to values in life. <laughs> I think creating is number one. I used to think that creating and learning were equal. But I realized that I think that learning without creating, like learning just for learning's sake and not using what you learn to create something feels a little wasted in life. Yeah, it's like buffering. Yeah. On the other hand, I can imagine creating and creating without learning Mm. to a certain extent. I don't don't want to be like, um, I think of the band ACDC that basically Mm -hmm. like made the same record for 40 years. You know, I I wouldn't want to be like that. But um, ultimately, if I had to pick one, creating is my top value. Learning is my second value. And I think being considerate, I'm actually thinking about the, the thing you said earlier where you asked uh, what gives me joy and I said writing programming and being with my kid. I think being with my kid is mostly about being considerate. Like I'm constantly trying to see the world through his eyes and imagine what it must be like to be him in this moment. And it's hard to be like, he's only seven years old. So it's like, mm. imagine like, it's hard to be like a little kid and the world is confusing or overwhelming or um, oh it's overwhelming to me i can't even imagine (laughs) and you're you're 11 now right (laughs) yeah 30 soon in two weeks so um i remember when you used to talk about um the tim ferris question uh, what would be on the billboard and i'm still laughing when i remember that and (laughs) i really rarely laugh like really laugh from my tummy and that, what you talked about, those parrots and the penguins. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that was, uh, that was, the that best. was funny. He was, I was telling a story <laughs> about when I used to live in California. And in California, we have pelicans, you know, with the big <laughs> beak and they carry fish in their big beak and they fly. And so I was telling the story about pelicans, but I was living in New Zealand literally right across the street from a penguin nest. <laughs> like we actually had penguins on my street. Cool. Um, and so, yeah, I got them mixed up in my story on the air. <laughs> that was funny. So what would you write on the billboard now? Would it be the same thing? Yeah, I think so. I, it's funny, just two days ago, I was in central London in like the rich part of town called Mayfair. And I walked through a street and then I... Uh, 
pass through the hotel called the Mayfair. And there were all, there was like a Lamborghini and a Rolls Royce parked out front. And there were all these people in rich clothes, uh, spending a lot of money at a little high society cocktail party. And I just kind of, I feel bad. Some, oh, and then I think like after that, then I, I walked, I was looking for a bookstore, but I had to go through a shopping mall. And, and again, it was like in the Mayfair neighborhood. So it was one of these really upscale shopping malls where you just knew that every everybody's paying 10 times more than they should for everything because it has a famous name on it. Mm. They're trying to impress somebody and all of this stuff. And it just makes me so sad because I think that they're all thinking that, that this next thing I buy is going to make me happy. You know, the next thing I do will make me happy. Um, uh, and so, yeah, I feel like that's still like my message for the world that I, I wish I could do. It's like these things you're thinking of buying or thinking of doing, like it's not going to make you happy. Like mm. things don't make you happy. You, you've got to make yourself happy. It's a different it's a different act. Making yourself happy is a different action than buying something. Buying something might make you happy for a, a minute or an afternoon <laughs> or something Unless like that. Unless you buy tea. <laughs> <laughs> right. um, or in my but, case, tea and nuts. I love nuts. Like, mm. oh my God, I'm obsessed. Like macadamia is like my favorite. <laughs> nice. um, um, and it's not available here in Serbia. So I need to, uh, to find So yeah, it so I still think it's... a it's the same message. I feel, um, I feel bad. So the, yeah, the thing you're referring to is I, I thought it would be fun to train a bunch of parrots to say, uh, it won't make you happy. And then set them free into the shopping malls of the world. So all these people are like looking at a big screen TV, a little parrot in the background goes, it won't make you happy. It won't make you happy. Um, maybe it'll help. Maybe, maybe I think it, Oh my God. Oh my God. There is a huge bug here. I can hear. <laughs> okay. This was weird. We don't have the, I don't know where did it come from. doesn't really matter. Yeah. So, I, I, I sent you that bug. It was supposed to speak to you, but it, it just buzzed. Can't talk like a parrot. Maybe it's a, it's a different language. I was I'll just watching the Dr. Doolittle movie the other night and it's so beautiful. I don't know if you've seen it. <laughs> I haven't. No, I should. It's beautiful. You should definitely. Um, and um, are you the kind of person that likes to try out new things? Or are you more into the repetition and doing the same thing day in, day out? I thought about this recently because in theory, I like variety. Like I, I would like to move house every month. I would like to live in a new country every year for the rest of my life. I would like to constantly do new things and try new inputs and expand my horizons. That's what I want in theory. And I really do want that. But like you just asked me a minute ago about my top three values in life, my number one top value in life is creating, which for me means basically writing. It, it, it's either writing words or writing code, but it's all just mm -hmm. writing. And the way that I write is to sit down and type. <laughs> so because that's my top value, what I end up doing more than anything is sitting and typing. Like, especially if I'm on a great roll, which I am lately, and I'm loving what I'm writing, I'll just sit, like I'll wake up at 6 a.m. and just write for like 18 hours until midnight. 
I'll just do it all day long. It's just typing all day long, so full of ideas. And then I fall asleep at midnight and I wake up and I do it again. And I'll just do that for, you know, weeks or months. And then I think, oh yeah, I actually really did want to go traveling and exploring and trying new things, but I just want to create even more. So ultimately, yeah, in theory, I like a lot of variety. In in practice, my life looks very, uh, very much the same every day because it's just a lot of typing. Do you have some special chair that you work from? I'm asking for myself <laughs> because no. my back always hurts when no. I don't do training regularly and I also sit a lot and type. So. Uh, no, I mean, I, I when I moved here to Oxford uh, last year, I found, what do they call the... Um, Herman Miller Air oh, on. They're they're um pricey they're chairs. Kind of, yeah, and they're oh. kind of famously expensive, but I found uh an office that was shutting down and, and selling like two hundred of them for like a hundred dollars each. Wow. So I was like, Oh yeah, yeah, I'll take two of them. So I bought two and it's been good. Uh it feels good on my back. So yeah, see if So you can they're find... worthy of the money. <laughs> I think so. Well, I mean, especially find them used. Don't spend yeah. whatever four thousand yeah, dollars, but Uh, if you find a used cheap one, um, so far it's been good, but um, yeah. Uh, we all have a tendency, Some majority of us actually have a tendency uh, because I think that's because of our school system here in Serbia, that when we are asked something, uh, we need to answer like as soon as possible so people don't think we're dumb. And mm-hmm. like that's the thing in school that we were uh, taught. And so we don't want to be laughed at. And then it's easier for us to say something stupid and then to like laugh with the others, then to actually wait and give our brain time and space to process and to actually think and breathe and then give an answer to the question. So how do you personally practice asking your brain the right questions and not letting it run around like constantly looking for shortcuts and rapid fire answers because it's something that a majority of people do, especially nowadays. When like speed is everything, which I'm like right. against. But I think that's not just Serbia. I think that's everywhere. I think that there's just, um, unless you live in Finland or Japan, we're, we're used to filling up silence. Like you're not supposed to have silence. You know, like a, just a friend, even just among a friend, a friend asks you a question and says like, what do you think is the most important thing in the world? And you go, oh, I think the most important thing, you know, it's like you just start talking when actually, you know, you probably need 10 minutes to think about that at least. Um, and uh, it was actually why I stopped doing interviews for like four years is because I generally didn't like this format of uh trying to sound like a know-it-all, like we're hitting record, we're on the air, you ask me a question, I'm supposed to have a good answer. Um, so, uh, but anyway, so point is, I don't think that's just a Serbia thing. I think that's an everybody, mm-hmm. everywhere thing. But my answer that's made a huge difference is writing in my journal, uh, my diary, whatever you want to call it. Um, I don't think that, well, I think you should let your brain run around. Like get it all out. Everything that's in your brain, just write it all down. Like every question you have, every answer to every question, just get it out of your head and into your journal. 
even if it takes you like 10 hours to write it down, like if you're going through a major life decision, you're thinking of quitting your job or moving across the country or whatever it may be, you've got a lot on your mind, just write it all down and ask yourself questions and then answer those questions and then even better, question your answers. Meaning like, just because you answered, say you asked yourself a question, like what's the most important thing in my life? And let's say you answered it and you wrote, my family. Then I think you should question your answers. Meaning like, is it really? Is my family really the most important thing in my life? Like, maybe it's not. Like, I, I'm just here in my private diary. Nobody's going to read my answer. <laughs> like, uh, what, like, maybe that's actually not the most important thing in my life. Maybe actually like my personal ambition is the most important thing. Like, what if my family told me to give up my dreams? Would I say, oh, okay, family, whatever you say, because you're the most important thing. Or would I say, I'm sorry, family, like my ambitions matter more to me than making you guys happy. I need to make myself happy first. So it's like ultimately, and you just can't, you kind of go through this and you start questioning your answers and you keep asking yourself questions and you just work through it. And I think if you keep doing this long enough, you kind of, you find your peace, you know, you find your real answer. Like you'll, you'll kind of keep writing and keep asking yourself questions and keep writing. And at some point you feel like, yeah, I think, I think that's my truth on this subject. I think this is, this is what I think. You know, it's funny, the, uh, in English, we call them essays. Mm -hmm. Talk about you write an essay on the subject, but that English word comes from the French verb, which is essay. Ah, to try. To try. Mm -hmm. And so the, it was, uh, Michel Montaigne, uh, was kind of the first essayist and he called them essays because when he would sit down to write, he was trying to figure out what he thinks about something. Like this was his way of asking himself, what do I think about this subject? You know, I'm going to write an essay on the subject of having pets hmm. because I don't know what I think about having pets. I'm going to go uh, try, I'm going to go explore the subject of having pets. And that's why I'm going to write is to help figure out what I think. Oh, beautiful. I didn't know that. And I love French. Nice. <laughs> And how long have you been journaling? Like, when did you start? How old were you? Um, I, well, f kind of for ever since I was a teenager, I would do it when I was confused. Mm -hmm. Like if I was feeling stuck in a dilemma or really confused on a subject, then I would open up my diary and start writing to help straighten out my thoughts. But then I found myself later in life, wishing that I had, um, I wishing that my old diaries were talking about more than just my dilemmas, you know, cause it's like, if, if life is good, then you'll see nothing in my diary for like two weeks. Oof, I know. And then when I'm trying to make a decision about something, suddenly you'll see a page about the mm -hmm. decision I'm trying to make. But I would, I would look back and I think, well, what was I doing for those two weeks? Like, was I having a great time? Was I just working too hard? Like I, I think I remember my past, but I don't remember it that well. I wish that I would have kept a daily diary. So starting uh, eight years ago, I started keeping an every single day diary, no matter what, even if it's just like five minutes before bed, I just write every single night. I just write like, you know, 
typed all day <laughs> working on my new book. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. And I've been writing my journal since I was five and I have them all for every day since I was five and I'm, I'm 30 soon. And it's amazing when I go back in time and I see what was I thinking when I was seven years old, uh, yes. what was I upset over? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it gives you so much more perspective and just grace. I don't know. You're so proud of yourself. Some, sometimes we're just so judgmental towards ourselves and right. then we find those things and it's just heart melting. I don't know. Like it's beautiful. I just try to talk all the time about the importance of journaling in my life. I believe really that journaling saved my life in certain, mm. certain yes. periods. And, yeah, I think, uh, and we should, we should, even if it seems boring, I think we should just write down, even if it takes a minute, just write down what you did today, because mm -hmm. it might seem boring for you today, but future you in 20 years might really wonder what were you doing all the way back in the year 2020? <laughs> you know, that's a, uh, you might really wonder about your past self. Like, how was I spending my time? Was I happy? Was I busy? Was I bored? So I think that every day, write down what you did a a along with your emotions and your dilemmas and your questions and all of the other stuff. But, but even if you just had a regular day and you're out of time and you have no time, just take a, a few minutes to write down what you did today. I think it's so important. Yeah, and helps you analyze some patterns that you have and maybe you're like so used to them that you don't even notice them. And then when right. you look and you're like, damn, this explains everything. <laughs> when yeah. you look like a month, what you did and what are the results that you're having. So if you say, for example, family is my priority and then you see, oh, I haven't spent any time with my family last month, then you really right. need to talk to yourself. <laughs> Yeah. And um, how do you feel about doing the things that are hard now that bring you like short-term pain and they bring you the long-term gain? Well, I just think it's, it's all about how badly you want it. That there are times when we know that we should go to the gym, but we don't. And we know that we shouldn't eat the cake, but we do. And those are usually times when, you're, when your ultimate goal of what you really want most, there, there's, there's what you want now and what you want most. I like that way of putting it. Mm. So what, what do you want now and what do you want most? But sometimes the thing you want most is kind of foggy and faint. Like you, you yeah, you, you know that you want this thing, but it's not like, punching you in the gut, you know, it, it is not yeah, like a fit you. body. Yeah. It's nice to have, but these gummy bears are damn good now. <laughs> exactly. But there are other times in your life where what you want most is just like the, the long-term gain is just overwhelming you. Like I, I need this more than anything for everything else, forget everything else. No to everything else. Yes. To this one thing. So that's kind of where I'm at right now in my life writing wise, like it's so tempting to do so many other things. And I'm living here in Oxford outside of London and people come through and they want to hang out and they want to meet up. And I just say like, no, I have to finish my book. I nothing else. I'm, unless you're my kid, who's my, you know, the, the only thing more important to me than my book, <laughs> then other than that, like, no, I'm, I'm just working on my book and I just need to keep doing it. And of course there are days that I want to go out and see a movie or stop and do, do something else. But I think about that for a second. And then I think, or I'll keep finishing my book. 
I think, okay, I'll just get up for one second, stretch my legs, go to the kitchen, get a glass of cold water and come back and keep finishing my book. You know, it's like, so right now I'm at a time where it's, you could say I, I'm going through some short-term pain every day to finish this thing because I so badly want the long-term gain of finishing this thing. And about, we want it to. <laughs> yeah, well, thank you. For you to finish. <laughs> but there was a time a year and a half ago where I, like all at once in two months, lost, um, sorry, I, th- I was still thinking in pounds. I think like, it's like tw- 20 kgs or 40 pounds. Maybe it's like 18 uh, kilos or ooh, 40 sure. pounds. Yeah, ooh, I'm not sure. You think in kilos We think in kilos, kilos. Okay, I think yeah. it was about 17 kilos Whoa. in two months. Whoa, that's a lot. At, yeah, and my friends were like, dude, how the fuck did you do it? Oh my God. And I was just like, it, it just became my top priority. Like above everything else, I was just like, you know mm-hmm. what? No, I'm going to have a bowl of vegetables every evening and some hard boiled eggs with the yolks removed for protein. And I'm going to go to the gym and I'm going to walk an hour in the forest every day. And this is my top priority. Like, damn it. I've been saying I'm going to do this for too long. This is now my top priority. I want this so badly that this is the most important thing. Mm-hmm. And so I think the, you know, you talk about, so yeah, short-term pain versus long-term gain. I think it's all just a matter of like, how badly do you want it? Oh, I agree. And I also say, um, people usually ask me about balance and I'm, I don't believe in balance. Yeah. I believe in going all in and yeah. no matter how long it takes, if the cause is worthy, you just go all in because, okay, yeah, there is balance. If you look at the long scale, like let's say 10 years. Yeah, you had some relationships were a priority for some time, sometime books, sometime business, sometime something else, but not at the same time because then you're not an exception. You're not exceptional in anything. Right. You're average yeah. in everything. Like, well, but you know what? Some people work better that way. Like some people really like to have the kind of day where they do one hour of this, three hours of that, one hour of something else, and then two hours of, th- and that's how they like to live. Yeah, some, yeah. some people really do. Um, Sounds I don't, very I just, overwhelming. <laughs> yeah, well, but for some people, it's, it's the only way to be. They can't imagine sitting down and writing for 18 hours. But to me, I can't imagine Not, yeah. <laughs> doing eight different things for two hours each. No way. My brain would burn. <laughs> right. So, yeah, I think you just have to know yourself, you know, kind yeah. of like, you know, introvert, extrovert, maybe like you're, you're an introvert who's tried to be social for a long time oh, or yes, whatever. And then, I did that. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then you admit it to yourself and you say, you know what, that's just, it's not the working pain. for me. It me yeah. yeah, yeah, it, do, it doesn't bring me in, in like innate joy. I, I know that, yeah. okay, I'm good, but I'm not like joyful. And when I'm just by myself the whole day, I'm like, good. <laughs> Mm-hmm. And um, if you were an animal, which animal would you be and why? <laughs> <laughs> uh, what animal likes to be alone? Wolf. Wolf. Okay, there you go. I'll be a wolf. Because <laughs> I like to be alone and do whatever I want. <laughs> or you uh, can I'm... be a bear because bears eat berries and I love berries. So that's oh, yeah, there you go. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm, I guess I'm not that much of like a... A, a hunter. I wouldn't want to be like out there looking to. Yeah, more things. like uh, sleep for I'll, eighteen hours. <laughs> I'll, I'll take the bear. Sure. 
Okay. And uh, what were the last three books uh, you read and you liked? Um, the first one that comes to mind, I think the last great book I read was called The Courage to Be Disliked. Mm, nice. It is so fucking good. Um, okay, I'm ordering it. <laughs> yeah, please write it down. The Courage to mm-hmm. Be Disliked. Don't worry about the title. The book is actually about many things. And this idea of being disliked is like a, a minor point near the end. I don't know why they chose that as the title. Because it's catchy. It's, it's catchy. But um, the book is fascinating. Um, I'm not going to say too much more about it. If you, you can see my book notes on it. If you go mm-hmm, to sivers.org slash mm-hmm. book. So S-I-V-E-R-S dot O-R-G slash B-O-O-K. I shared it like a hundred times. Okay. (laughs) If you go to my book page, you'll um, just search the page for the word disliked and you'll, you can read my notes on it there. Uh, The other, um, I just yesterday finished a really damn good book called The Beginner's Guide to Japan, which is a really interesting insight into Japanese culture from an Indian British man who's been living there for 32 years as a tourist and doesn't know how to speak Japanese. Um, so he likes to maintain his outsider's perspective on the country. And I'm reading it not right now in my Kindle. Really? Yeah, a friend from Google DeepMind, uh, he sent me that book and I see all uh, nerds are now reading it, so. Really, oh wow, okay. So yeah, <laughs> it's a really interesting book. book. Yeah. And, um, Finland culture shock or culture shock Finland. I went to Finland for the first time uh, a couple months ago. And on my way there, I quickly got a little book from Amazon uh, when I just searched for like Finland culture. And I found this little book called culture shock Finland. And it was surprisingly good. It had some wonderful insights into understanding uh, the culture of Finland. And by culture, I mean like the mindset. I don't mean like, you know, native dance. I mean like the, the way that the way that people from Finland are and why they're like that. It's one of my favorite subjects. Yeah, I'm going to find that book as well. I've never been to Finland, but I like the culture books. There was that one book about France uh, that you recommended. That was amazing. Did you read it? Yes. Oh, good. Au contraire. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. And I I bought it for my uh, professor of French so she can have it for her other students. It's such a good book. Um, And now another question, which is not related to books. Uh, It's related to your no planning strategy, which I personally love because I function in the same way. So can you share more? What does that mean to you and why you don't plan? Um, Okay. In some aspects of my life, I plan a lot and in some I don't. So the, the place in my life where I have no plans is with my kid. So he is just, like I said, he's seven years old. And I think I've learned that I I almost never make plans. Like we wake up, we look at the weather, we decide what he feels like doing right now. And all day long, we just, he just leads the way and I follow. So um, you might be referring to an article I wrote on my site a few months ago about this, where we went into London for the day. And at first I thought, I'm going to make plans in order to make the best of our day in London. We're either going to go to the zoo or go to the museum. But then as the train pulled into the station, he said, I don't feel like doing either one. Like, let's just go walk around. So we just walked around and we just walked around London with no plans. And just at every intersection, he said, oh, let's go down here. Oh, let's go that way now. 
And then he just found like just interesting little details. He found a little paintbrush. He found a cardboard box and just played with the world. And I was just so glad that we didn't follow plans, you know, like. Mm. It's a beautiful story. I think you also did a podcast on it. Yeah. Yeah, Um, You read it. Mm. So there's a huge difference, like I've said about between in theory and in practice. So I think I've also found that most of our planning is like in theory, like in theory, I think I will want to do this thing in the future. But then when you actually go try it, you might find out that you don't like this thing. So I think the, uh, it's not that I don't plan. It's that I, I do make plans, but then I feel completely free to abandon them immediately <laughs> if I try something and I don't like it, you know? So even mm-hmm. if I've announced my plans to friends, I've told people, this is what I'm doing. Once I'm actually there doing it, if I don't like it, I'll immediately stop and just say, no, never mind. Completely change my plans. <laughs> you do the same thing and it pisses people off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, but, oh, well, that's fine. Yeah. Planning, no strings attached. <laughs> yeah. So I also really like this idea of um, freedom, like, Sometimes people ask if they can meet up or can we go do something in in two weeks? And I think, well, I don't know, ask me that day. Like, I'll see how I feel Mm. that day. Like, I don't want to say yes to something two weeks in advance. And then if that day I'm I'm doing amazingly well with some programming or some writing, I'll just say, sorry, I I just want to keep doing this thing. Um, Or there might, you know, vice versa. There might be days, I I guess with my good friends, we just do everything spontaneously. So if my friend is just in a bad mood or really sad and just like suddenly on a Tuesday afternoon might say like, can I come over? I'm like, yeah, of course, just come over right now. And I'll just Perks stop what I'm doing. of living in Europe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me too. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, I just think that whatever is going on in the present moment is like the newest information we have. And your your plans were old information trying to predict what you might want in the future. But, you know, the, the longer you wait, the more information mm-hmm. you get about what you actually want. So I think it just... Um, yeah. yeah. Um, and how many countries have you visited and how many countries have you lived in? And what was the most bizarre thing that you saw or ate? Um, I think... Probably, I haven't visited that many. I, I don't do the tourist thing much. So I've, I've probably visited less countries than a lot of people, but lived in more countries. So I've, <laughs> I've probably visited maybe 25, but I've lived, like actually been a legal resident with a local ID card or passport and residency. I've lived in US, Dominica, um, Singapore, New Zealand, Belgium, Portugal, England. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, like, I think right now I have five driver's licenses. Wow. From five <laughs> countries. So yeah, I, I, I like becoming a legal resident in countries. It's a lot of paperwork, but I like the rights that it gives you in return. But no, I haven't, um, I haven't been a crazy tourist and, you know, taken pictures in many countries. Um, mm. The... Uh, I don't usually eat a lot of bizarre things, but there was a fun 
there was a fun time in Iceland where I went to a sushi restaurant in Iceland, but it was one of those sushi restaurants where the little plates just go around, you know, mm-hmm. on the on the belt. And, and you, you pick never up a plate. know what's there. <laughs> well, it's usually it's just pretty obvious. It's like, okay, there's the salmon, there's the shrimp, there's the tuna. You know, we all know what basic sushi is. And um, so, yeah, I picked up like a, a tuna sushi and it tasted a little different. I was like, huh, that's a strange taste. And I was like, okay, that was kind of interesting. And I got another one. And I was like, I, and I think that's tuna, but maybe it isn't. And so as I was paying and leaving, I said, sorry, what was on that blue plate? He said, oh, that was whale. I was like, oh, I ate whale sushi? Like Iceland is like one of two countries in the world where that's like not illegal, I guess. But yeah. Yeah, they're very interesting. I was there a few years ago and the food is very, very interesting. There is everything in the <laughs> good yeah, and the bad yeah put put finger quotes around the word interesting yeah, yeah. It's a, interesting yeah bizarre yeah and what is your favorite lesson from being a dad uh i just learned to shut off myself and just be there for him it's it's like meditation i think um I'm not like an expert meditator, but to me, like the the basic idea of meditation is that things come into your head and you just let them go right back out again, you know? Um, so I think that when when I'm with my son, of course I think about like the things that I'm working on, like my writing or my programming or whatever, or even just like, oh, I need to go do that thing. And I just, whatever enters my head, I just let it go right back out again. I'm like, you know what? I'll do that later when I'm not with him. Like right now I'm with him and just, I shut off my phone. The computer's off. The phone is off. My dreams are off. My ambition is off. (laughs) My plans are off. And it's just like, I'm just living in his world. And that's my favorite thing. That's beautiful. And what about relationships? Favorite lesson about relationships? (laughs) Um, I'll I'll tell you one if you tell me one I think I I need lessons on that do you have one oh yeah like for me it was communication I studied so much about communication last year from Kahneman to never split the difference to there's like I have like 10 books on communication and the one that was really also good not about communication but also that getting the love you want I don't Mm. know if you read it it's yeah. um, the red one, the husband and wife, Harvey. And yeah. it, it's so good. I don't know. It kind of, uh, the philosophy in that book was very interesting because I haven't found it elsewhere. And I, I really like really a lot of books. And this, what was specific about that one was how actually choosing a partner doesn't really matter that much. Like who is the partner? It's <laughs> just about what you want to make both out of it. Because I like that philosophy in life that it's really not about changing other people or changing clothes or anything. No, it's just changing your own viewpoint. And if you can actually learn from what you have in life, no matter where you are and with whom you are, you can decide to make that the one. There is no one. There is just Mm -hmm. the one you chose. And if you decide to grow through that relationship, there will be 50% shit, 50% legit and beautiful things. And then you, it's just a matter of a decision. And somehow to my, to my, my brain, that kind of 
sounds legit like yeah it's just a decision like do you want to be committed like you are to work or do you not want to and it's okay both it's just like i like the perspective that it's not about the other person because mm. i feel that it doesn't really matter who is the person there is every each and every one of us has pros and cons you know it's like we have good right. stuff we we have stuff that piss other people off and it's just uh, learning to dance with both the good and the bad and i i kind of like it like the view that they put out there so that that was my lesson past year i was just learning about that and communication but have you sorry i don't know if you're in a relationship or not have you yeah put yeah that into, i put it put into, practice. into practice yeah okay. yeah i put it into practice and it works uh, really well because uh, my boyfriend is completely different than my than me in like communication style and he's extremely not very but like extremely on the opposite very analytical he takes a lot of time to like uh, process information to read he can do it that quickly like me and uh, that's that has its pros and cons just like my type like the type of person that i am and I've kind of learned a lot about uh, being open and not uh, judging any way as better because there is no such thing as better. There is just, it's all about a context. Better for what? Better mm. in what time? Better for what activity? And it's amazing how much you can learn when you um, always ask questions and never make uh, uh, like comments or make the decision because it's all about like open just open questions and what you can learn. So yeah, definitely communication would be my like top mm. lesson when it comes to relationships that it doesn't really matter about a person, whatever, whoever you choose, whoever life sets you up with, that's the person you should be at that point in time and to like level up as a person, as a human being. So you can offer more to the world through your work, through connection to your family to anyone on the street in the supermarket that's how i see it it's not just the relationship with that one person but the level that you excel and in like communication that gets transferred as one skill gets transferred to others you know that's how i see it i don't know maybe mm. it's confusing but, <laughs> but don't you think i mean a lot of people i think they they meet and they date and they're attracted and they have fun in the moment. And then as time goes on, sometimes like the real life preferences come out, you know, like mm -hmm. one person is ultimately really adventurous and like wants a lot of adventure and variety and wants to go out and conquer the world. And the other person just wants to take it easy and just watch their favorite TV show and just, you know, Chill. <laughs> come home and have a drink and chill and you say it doesn't matter who it is but i think sometimes like these major life differences come out later that that ultimately can be really the incompatible yeah like if one person is yeah, like i, I but... really want to go adventuring and the other person like oh i just really just want to sit right here but i think that's good you know we do that like there are some things that i do that my boyfriend would never do and the opposite and i feel that's also a freedom because when you don't have a manual for other people in general and especially our partners and you just let them be who they are and even if they're not the same well, of course they're not the same i mean if we're the same it's boring but uh, you actually get more free time and that's amazing yeah. so, 
<laughs> so I don't know, maybe depends how how much somebody likes to be alone. I, I like to be alone a lot and think and write and yeah. process. So for me, that's a good thing. If somebody goes to do their own activities and you do your own and maybe you even travel separately and uh, different, maybe you have different circles of friends, you know, it just brings uh, some spice. I don't know. Mm. Depending uh, how open the people are to being alone and to just maybe um, if somebody is looking for someone to share activities with, then yeah, it's important. But why find everything in one person? You know, there is yeah. different people and with someone you can go mountain climbing, someone you can go skiing, someone you can go to a tea house. And I never had this idea that there is one person in the planet to, to do everything with because it's just mm. impossible. I feel the expectations are actually something that I feel in relationships fucks things up and in life mm -hmm. <laughs> generally. And if you don't mm. expect uh, a lot or anything, then you get satisfied. Uh, you're, you're happy with every good day that comes in that mm. way. I don't know. I think it's also for me uh, the learning curve because I was not very good in relationships before. So I sucked mm. basically. <laughs> so nice. I had to learn a lot. <laughs> cool. Cool. But your favorite lesson in relationships? Oh, I like your answer much better. Okay. <laughs> the uh, I think. Then your favorite book? Well, I'm going to make a I'm going to make a metaphor that. Uh, Ten years ago, when I was more into entrepreneurship, it seemed like everybody was saying you really should have a co-founder. Like every startup needs to have a co-founder. Don't try to do it by yourself. You need a partner. You need a co-founder. You need a partner to bounce ideas off of. You need a partner to, to go through this thing together with. And I always felt like I don't want a partner. Like I, I, I just like doing like to me, making a business is like it's like painting a painting or writing a book. You don't hear people saying, yeah, get a partner to write a book. Like, no, like writing a book is, is a solo endeavor. And so is making a painting. You don't get a few friends together to paint a canvas. It's just something that one person does. Um, and I think I started feeling that way with, uh, about a romantic relationship. Like I just found it's like, I really like doing pretty much everything alone. Like I don't picture myself in a partnership um and i started questioning the entire thing about like why do we just have this assumption that we're supposed to have a romantic relationship i guess it was one of my like diary you know questioning myself like i think i, I really like not being in a relationship um yeah I mean, it has just... its perks it has its perks and i believe it's really healthy to follow your gut and in a whole lifetime there are places i feel that you just work better alone and that the most productive and the most value giving for you and for your like community and people you serve. So I feel it's just like you, you know yourself best and you just, if it feels right, then it has to be right. Yeah. I guess. And the book, maybe you have some book to recommend about relationships. No, I haven't read a relationship yeah. book in 10 years or so. <laughs> and do you remember what was the last dream you had? No, sorry. Yeah, I also don't remember dreams. Damn. Sorry, person from Instagram, I don't remember who has Oh, this. somebody from Instagram wanted to yeah. know that? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, um, hold on. Do if, you have uh, usually like similar dreams or no? No, it's, it's pretty, it's, it's usually, it's funny. It's usually only when I wake up 
suddenly, mm -hmm. uh, like something wakes you up. That's when you remember your dreams the most. Um, but yeah, it's funny. I had a, uh, I mean, I did, you know, I, I, I said no when my real answer was yes, that yeah, two days ago, but I, I woke from a dream, uh, that was like an old friend of mine from Hong Kong and, uh, and she was pregnant, uh, which she she was in real life a year ago. Now her kid is a year old, and but in the dream she was like still pregnant. But it's like I, I don't know. And I, I think maybe we she's pregnant about, again. Maybe you should call maybe her. <laughs> probably not <laughs> because sometimes your dreams are psychic, as I remember. So, oh God, no, that that's, that was like the one and only time in my ah, life okay. that Sammy Khan story. No, for usually I don't think. Uh, yeah, okay. How about this? Uh, to person on Instagram who asked that question. Um, go to either to my podcast or on my blog. Uh, they're on both my podcast and blog. There's a story about um, when Sammy Khan said, thank you. It's a really interesting, it is the single most interesting dream I've ever had. <laughs> um, so if you're interested in dreams, go read that story. It's a good one. Did you write it the moment you woke up that night? From that dream? Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, it was at a time in my life when I was 22, I was keeping a dream journal. So every morning I would wake up, wake up and write down for like 45 minutes, I would write down my dreams from the night before. And <laughs> I so did that, that two there. years ago. Uh, I was uh, at a, uh, with one psychologist and she told me you should, sometimes you should remember what you're dreaming. And she didn't think uh, that I was really going to take it that seriously. And I came back two mm. weeks later with every night and she's like, oh my God, you made a project out of this too. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I was nice. like, yeah, I enjoy that. Um, and the last question uh, about that title that expires, the blog post that um, I mentioned, uh, and the people, mm. I will link it below. So what is now your current title? How do you now call yourself a writer in progress? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, there's two answers. I mean, for one, it can change every day. Like, I don't think you should be loyal to something you said, just because you said it. You know, you could go tell the world, like I am a, you know, whatever, marketer. <laughs> I'm into marketing and sales, this is my passion, or I'm gonna be an athlete. But it's like, just because you said it, doesn't mean you need to stick with it. Like every day we learn something new. Uh, every day we get new information, every day we get a new insight. And I think we should always honor our newest, smartest insights and feel free to let go of whatever we said in the past. Um, let go of old goals, let go of old titles, old identities, and just be who you are today. Mm -hmm. um, and just feel free. And if that today carries on for... Uh, another 500 days that's great if it only lasts for five days if it lasts for five thousand days you know it's like you'll you'll know it when you have it but i think it's really good to honor uh what you're feeling today so um that was one answer and another answer uh until just two years ago if you would have asked me for like the last 10 years what i am i would have said i'm an entrepreneur and a programmer and uh, and that's it. And and sometimes I write some little articles, but really I'm an entrepreneur and a programmer. Or I might have said programmer first and entrepreneur. But then two years ago, I did an interesting exercise where I asked myself, who are my heroes? 
who do I look up to the most? And I wrote down my answer to that question and I listed about eight or 10 people. And then I looked back and realized that they were all authors, Mm. that all of my heroes are authors. And I realized, I think this is a, a hint that what I really am and really want to be more than anything is a writer. And the truth is like, I, I've been calling myself an entrepreneur. I haven't actually started a business in many years. Why am I still calling myself an entrepreneur? And yes, yes, I know how to program computers, but it's usually like a means to an end. Like there's a tool I want to make so that people can use it on my website to you know, buy my books or whatever it may be. And I like that I know how to program computers and make things happen. I find it fun. But really like my main passion my main goal, my main thing that feels the most worth doing, if I had to pick just one thing, is being a writer. Um, so that's, that's like my, my bigger answer. And now I'm going to combine the two answers <laughs> because last month, yes, I was writing like 18 hours a day every day. I was doing nothing but writing. I was ignoring everything else in my life. And then about a week or two, 10 days ago, my assistant reminded me that I really need to finish building the store on my website where people can place their advance order for my next book. Um, I thought, oh yeah, shit. I, I, I really <laughs> want to keep writing my next, next book, but I should actually pause what I'm doing to finish writing the store where people can buy my book. So for the last 10 days, I haven't been doing any writing. I've just been programming. Uh, so yeah, if you were to ask me today or the last 10 days, I actually feel more like a programmer the last 10 days, but in the bigger picture, I'm usually more of a writer, but that's like the, uh, the big, the big picture versus the right now. That's beautiful story. I really like it, especially how sometimes when we journal and write things down, it's just like, what, what? I didn't see this one coming. And it's beautiful when you see that. And I wanted to thank you so much for your time. It means a world to me. You're one of the three people I admire most in life. And in the last 10 years, you impacted my life and work in a way that I can't even explain. But someday I'll write it in my book so you you will get to read it. (laughs) And And thank you. Thank you. And anybody listening to this, I mean, the main reason I come out and do these interviews um it's really to meet the people that listen to them like i found like the coolest people i've met like a lot of my friends including in fact okay you know earlier in the conversation i mentioned my best friend in australia mm-hmm. the reason we met is because she heard a podcast i was on and <laughs> thought i sounded like a really interesting person and sent me a hello and uh we've only ever met for like half a day once in the last six years, but we've just been like in touch for six years and she's my best friend. And it's, so it's like the coolest people I meet are the people that I, that find me through things like this. So if you listened all the way to the end of this hour and 10 minute long conversation, um, yeah, go to my website, go to sivers.org and send me an email and introduce yourself. And read the blog <laughs> and listen Thank to the you. podcast. I like the podcast a lot. Thank you. I really enjoy. Thank you so much for your time. And I will write you when this is live. Thanks. Good Bye. night. Bye. Good night.